Yeah. Man, there's some um, really powerful lyrics in that song we just sang. I want to read a few of them to you because if you just sing them, sometimes you miss them. Right, you get caught in that's a catchy melody, but listen to these words. Is it, is it, very, it starts in the very beginning. It says, all my life I've been carried by grace. Can anybody relate with that? Man, all my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how because I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. And it continues, it says, I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. Breath in my lungs, God's grace, family, forgiveness, redemption, healing. I've got some scars. Anybody got scars in here? I've got some scars, but guess what? That's how you learn. I got some memories, some things I've learned from in my life. And it says again, it's nothing short of a miracle. I'm here. Sometimes we think of miracles and we think it's something big, something drastic. It's, you know, and God does work those miracles. God heals people from cancer. God brings people back from, you know, who were dead. God brings them back to life. I know God works these crazy big miracles, but let's not forget all the other ways that God is moving all the time. The fact that you're here today, you have breath in your lungs, you have blood in your veins. You're here and it's a sign of God's work in your life. Today, we're going to talk about this little thing called anxiety. Can anybody relate with anxiety? I'm going to share with you my journey through anxiety. And particularly what we're going to talk about today is fighting anxiety, fighting back Um, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. That's a big one right there. We could close the book. I mean, that's huge. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air that do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Verse 27 is so good. It says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In other words, what good does worrying about the future do for you? Is it going to replace any hurt? Is it going to take away any pain? Absolutely not. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33 is huge. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Did you catch that? Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. God knows your needs. And when you seek him first, God's like, I got this. Let me take care of the rest. You just seek me, point others to me, and let me take care of everything else. Verse 34, therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow, 
For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that the truth? My goodness. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we call to you right now. And Lord Jesus, we ask, would you fill us with a sense of peace? Would you take away our worry? Would you take away our anxiety? Would you give us strength? God, would you speak through your word today? Would you speak life into us, God? You know where we're at. You know what we need. You know what we need to hear. And so, God, would you move? You have full permission to move in our hearts. Have your way in us, God. Jesus, we love you so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good, church. You may have a seat. You may have a seat. Um, welcome to church today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm, uh, I'm Nick McCall. I'm the, I'm the Life Stages pastor here at, at Thorn Creek Church. Pastor Reuben is actually in Oregon right now preaching at a men's retreat. Uh, and so he had some pastor friends who called him up and asked him to share. He's preaching four sermons this weekend to these men in Oregon. Isn't that awesome? Uh, so pray that God would fill him with wisdom and encouragement. Before we get too far into this Message. I just want to take a moment. Today's September 10th. Tomorrow is September 11th. Um, if you're watching this online, it's probably September 11th. So let's take a moment. I just want to pray and, and recognize Lord Jesus. I uh, lift up the families who've been affected by this tragedy. All the lives lost, Lord. You, you know every one of them. You know every name. And I'm sure there's connections here even today. And so God, we humbly ask you to speak with those families as I know this could be a painful memory. Would you speak and bring peace and bring hope into every situation, Lord? Bring goodness. Bring light out of darkness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, I'm grateful and I'm humbled to be here. This church is incredible. Um, I'm biased, but I love Thorn Creek Church. Um, God has used this church in a lot of ways in my life. Um, if you're just joining us, we are in a new series. Today is week two of this series, and the series is called How. Um, and the whole idea behind this series is we're looking at some of the most Googled questions about how to deal with certain things. Last week was, how, how can you know God? Today, we're talking about how do you fight anxiety? It's such a big one. Um, today's message really is all about fighting back. I did some research um, preparing for this message. I did some research particularly on anxiety, and it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, some of the statistics. Anxiety is the most common mental disorder in the U.S. Um, it's far more common in women than it is in men. An estimated 31% of adults will experience an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. 31%. In November of 2020, you guys remember that? Um, it was reported that approximately 38% of adults were diagnosed with anxiety. That's just adults. 31% or 38%. Now in August of 2022, that number's dropped to 19.1%. By the year 2020, 5.6 million kids were diagnosed with anxiety. Not just in 2020, but up to that point, right? They were doing all the 5.6 million. 
Globally, it's estimated that 264 million people are dealing with anxiety disorders. Gender non-conforming and transgender individuals experience anxiety disorders at higher rates. One study found that anxiety disorders were more than two times as prevalent in gender non-conforming and transgender individuals as in gender-conforming males. Crazy. Right, this anxiety, it's at an all-time high. It seems like in our society, in our world today, you talk to someone and, and you're pretty likely to find someone who is struggling or has struggled with anxiety. And many of us, you can look at the world today and you can think, well, how did we get here? You guys ever feel like that? You ever look at the world today and you're like, what happened? Did I blink? It wasn't always like this, was it? We've always had our challenges and our difficulties, but it feels like you look around the world today and you're like, what happened? How did we get to this, how did we get to this point? I work in student ministry, and often one of the things I see is so many teenagers are dealing with anxiety, depression, sense of hopelessness, a sense of feeling lost, no direction. This is in our children. And it's just bubbling up, and it's becoming such a, such a problem. And, and for this reason... I think it's really important for us to remember the words of Jesus. You can always go back to God's word. It's always relevant. It always speaks. It's always important. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says these words. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Praise Jesus. But it's right here. It's right here. Jesus warns us and says, look, in this world, you will have trouble. To have a trouble-free life doesn't exist. You will have difficulty. So if trouble is inevitable, we should be prepared to fight. We should be prepared to stand. As followers of Christ, we should not be surprised with the troubles, the anxiety, and the worry that we face. Let me tell you something. Satan is so predictable. His tactics haven't changed since the fall in Genesis chapter 3. He's the same. He's predictable. But you know who else is the same? His name is Jesus. And just like he's been on the throne from the very beginning, he's still on the throne today. He's already won the war. And he's calling on us to trust in him. So if anything, yes, we will have trouble. Yes, we will have difficulties. But there is someone, his name is Jesus. He is on the throne. He sees you, he knows you, he loves you, and he cares for you. And he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. But for those of us, those of you, those of us who are experiencing and feeling anxiety, for those of you who have experienced it, one of the things you know is that all logical thinking goes out the window. Someone can tell you the truth right in front of you, but you don't hear it because all you hear is your emotions are thinking for you. It's like something else took over in the driver's seat and is driving. And although you know these things to be true, all you think about, all you can feel is your emotion and your anxiety and your worry. And all logic seems to go out the window. You start to feel uncertain about everything that you know to be true. I found this quote. It says, feelings of uncertainty can result in the prefrontal cortex in your brain shutting down, impairing your ability to solve problems, pay attention, and stay flexible. 
This increases your chances of engaging in irrational behavior and makes you more prone to anxiety, depression, and stress. It starts out, first thing it says is feelings of uncertainty. And I read that and I thought, man, that's our world today, isn't it? You look around and everything's unstable. Nothing makes sense. Everything's upside down. What used to make sense no longer makes sense. You, you struggle to find footing. You struggle to find ground. And because of that, so many people are like, I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't even know what to think anymore. I don't even know what's true anymore. I just feel so uncertain. And it causes these feelings of lack of control and anxiety. When you look around at the world, you will feel unstable. When you put your trust in people, you will feel unstable. When you put your trust in, in leaders, world leaders, you will feel unstable. When you put your trust in the economy, you will feel unstable. When you put your trust in anyone other than Jesus, you will be unstable. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 through 8 says this, This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Verse 7, this is where it gets really good. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Listen to this. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Do you see the difference? Those who trust in man are like this tree that's been planted in a desert, hoping that it's somehow... Roots are going to extend and find water when the water's not there. Those who put their trust in the Lord are like a tree that's planted right next to this flowing, rushing river, and the roots just have to go a little bit, and they're, they're into the stream of life. And then when the heat comes, they're not worried because they got enough water to last. When the drought comes, their leaves are still green. You see what I'm saying? When you put your trust in man, when you put your trust in people, you will be like that tree that's in the desert that's got no life in it. You're in a dry and parched place. Are you feeling spiritually parched? Are you feeling anxious? Are you worried about things you cannot control? Check where your roots are at. Where are you paying attention to? What are you focusing on? What have you chosen to focus your attention on? Are you focused on what you're seeing and hearing and reading everywhere? Are you focused on what's happening in the world around you? Is, is it to a point where you're stressed out about it? Are you feeling anxious about things you can't control? The reason why is there's no water there. There's no nourishment there. You're not going to find what you need in the world. You know where you're going to find it is open God's word. Listen to some worship music. Spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time doing things that bring life into your soul. What if I told you guys I was going to go on a fun trip? What if I told you I was going to get a backpack and I was going to get all my gear and I, I purchased my plane tickets and I got a rental car and I'm going to go to the desert and I'm going to search for the biggest lakes in America. You'd be like, you're crazy. You're not going to find it. It doesn't exist. It's the same situation. 
Those of you who are dealing with anxiousness, worry, anxiety, you fear what's happening around you, you're looking for water in parched places. You're looking for water where it does not exist. It's not going to happen. No matter how hard you try, you will die before you find water. When what's crazy is it's accessible. It's right here. It's a free app in your pocket. It's, it's everywhere you go. It's, it's God's word. It's life. There's life in these words. There's healing in these words. There's nourishment in these words. Don't neglect this. Don't say it out loud, but when's the last time you spent time with Jesus? When's the last time you sat down, you turned the TV off, you turned the phone off, it was quiet, you weren't distracted, and you just, you just read the words of God? If it's been too long or you can't remember, you're in a dry and parched place. You're looking for water and you're not going to find it. It's so important to be in this every single day. It's our root system. It's where we find life. It's where we find nourishment. So find it in Jesus. Charles Spurgeon said it like this. He said, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Isn't that good? Worrying about tomorrow doesn't take away tomorrow's sorrows. Worrying about next week doesn't make next week any easier. It also destroys the strength you have today. It it takes it away completely. It does you no good. And the truth is, anxiety will not just get better on your own. You're not just going to wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm not anxious anymore. You have to work at it. I have my own personal story I'm going to share with you in a little bit. But you need to believe that God has given you the strength that you need for today. God says, go with the strength that you have. It's enough. I've supplied you with what you need. Go with the strength that you have. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, do not be anxious. About what? Anything? I can't be anxious about anything? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which... What? Transcends all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Just don't be anxious. Just don't. I can choose to be anxious and I can choose, I'm just going to not. It sounds so simple, right? Uh, I think our problem is people read that and they think, yeah, okay. I'll work on that. Yeah, that's easy. And the problem with that is you've already defeated it. You're not even going to try. You read that and you're like, yeah, that sounds nice, but you don't know my situation. Yeah, that sounds really good, but but you don't understand. It's difficult. I know it's difficult. Believe me, I know it's hard. But there's some key things in that verse that we need to remember. And that it's, we need to, in every situation, with prayer and with thanksgiving. Sounds so backwards. How am I supposed to be thankful when I'm hurting? How am I supposed to be thankful when I'm struggling? How, what, 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 are you, what am I supposed to be thankful for? I don't have anything to be... Have you ever been there where you're just like, God, I don't have anything to be thankful for right now. I'm so upset. I'm so hurt. I'm so scared. I'm so frustrated. God, I'm not thankful for anything. Have you ever been there? It's okay to admit that. God says, when you have the strength, and it's okay where you're at... But pray with thanksgiving. God, I may not be grateful for this situation, but there's some other things I'm grateful for. Start to recognize the way that God's already moving around you. It takes your focus off what you're already worried about. Look at how God's moved in the past. 
Look at how God's healed in the past. Look at what God's done in your life. Look at what God has done in others' lives. Did you know he's still alive today? Did you know he's still working and moving? Did you know he hasn't forgotten about you? Did you know that God's timing is perfect? And he works when he's ready and when the timing is just right. Remind yourself of what God has done for you. Thank the Lord for the breath in your lungs. Thank the Lord for the food on your table. Thank the Lord for the million little miracles in your life. Thank the Lord for the ways that he's already moving. Yeah, you got this situation God's working on, but be patient. Continue to trust. And verse 7, I love this idea of this peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You ever had that? Where you're you're talking to a friend or family member, and your life is falling apart. The sky's falling there's, there's a mess everywhere. You don't know what you're going to do, but you talk to them and you're like, but you know what? I have a peace. It's going to be okay. And they're like, are you crazy? Is there something wrong with you? Do you need to get checked in? Are you all right? Are you sick? You should be freaking. Why aren't you freaking out? I'm freaking out for you. But you're like, you know what? I, I know it's, it's a difficult situation, but I'm choosing to trust in my God. And I'm choosing to trust in his timing. And that's hard. Because you want it now. You want that situation taken care of today. Right now, yesterday, you want it gone. But God says, walk with me. Trust me. Lean on me. Have prayers of thankfulness for the other things I'm doing. It's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. But keep trusting in me. Keep trusting in me. You know, it's, it, the way you get this peace, it's all about trusting in Jesus walking with Jesus, talking to Jesus, worshiping Jesus, surrendering Jesus, surrendering to Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. Philippians continues in verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is what? True. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. First thing he says I love is just think about what's true. That's, I can do that. Sometimes our situation feels so overwhelming. Your situation seems so dire, and it is difficult. And God says, okay. Let's break this down a little bit. What's true? Can we just focus on one thing that's true right now? The thing that's true right now is I'm alive. The thing that's true right now is that I'm breathing. The thing that's true right now is that God sees me, that God loves me, that God is going to give me strength, that God is going to help me through this, that my God has not forgotten me. He's not abandoned me. He is with me. Focus on what is true. Remind yourself, write it down, put it somewhere so that you see it, that remind yourself of what is true. Don't get caught up in what could happen. That'll drive anyone crazy. I mean, the reality is when we leave this place, we could get in a car accident between here and our house, right? But if that's all I'm thinking about while I'm driving, am I going to drive very well? Probably not. I'm going to be stressed out and screaming at every car that's near me because I'm going to be so nervous, If you focus on what could happen, it's going to affect what's really the reality right in front of you. Don't focus on what could happen. Focus on on what is true. 
I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. I want to share a little bit of my story with you. Like many people, I experienced this really intense anxiety in 2020 and in 2021. I went through hours of counseling. Um, I, I was experiencing these like regular panic attacks. Have you ever had a panic attack? They're terrible. Because for me, at least in my experience, it's like I mentioned earlier how it didn't matter how much truth someone told me. It didn't matter what, what I knew to be logically true. All I could think about in that moment was I was freaking out. I was panicking. I, I lost it. I, I became a regular at my doctor's office. I was in there like every month because I kept feeling these. It all started. I, I got COVID in 2020 and I thought it'll be no big deal. And I had this really horrible experience with it personally. It took a long time for me to heal. My doctor was gracious. I wanted to do all kinds of tests, and he kept saying, no, I don't think you need them. I'm so grateful for him. I wanted him to order all these heart tests on me and lung tests on me. I wanted to go see specialists, and he said, you're fine. You're experiencing some anxiety. That's what he kept telling me. And I got so mad at him for that. Like, No, this isn't anxiety. The anxiety is from the symptoms. You don't understand. And he said, I'm dealing with a lot of patients. We're in your exact situation. Trust me, I'm saving you a lot of money. Don't do the tests. And he helped me through it. Every night before going to sleep, I feared I wouldn't wake up. I thought my lungs would give out or my heart would stop beating. Those who know me well, they know that I carried, I always, in my jacket, pockets. In one pocket, I had a pulse oximeter. In the other pocket, I had an inhaler. I would not go anywhere without them. If I was more than a five-minute walk away, it gave me serious, serious anxiety. Being away from a hospital was scary for me. I was, I had my Apple Watch. Um, I knew that my Apple Watch would like check my heart rate. And so I was too afraid to take my Apple Watch off because I thought if something happens to my heart rate, I want my watch to catch it and let me know so I can go to the hospital. So charging my watch was a serious stressor for me. I would charge it quickly so that I could get it back on. I changed my diet because I was going through some throat stuff. And I was convinced if I ate the wrong thing, my esophagus would close up and I would stop breathing. These were real thoughts that I was dealing with. Everywhere I went, I would Google the closest hospital. Because I needed, I would literally, as soon as I'd get there, I'd park my car and I'd look and I'd say, okay, where's the closest hospital to here? So that if I need to go, I know where I'm supposed to go. And to be brutally honest with you, dealing with this as a pastor was humiliating. The amount of shame and guilt that I felt. Because I'm not supposed to deal with this, right? I'm supposed to counsel people through this. I'm supposed to know the right answers. I'm supposed to have already be on top of this. But I wasn't. I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. I was talking to somebody once about the anxiety I was going through. Doesn't This person does not go to this church. But I was talking to them and and they said, um, well, doesn't the Bible say over like 300 times, don't fear? He was like, aren't you a pastor? Shouldn't you know that? Just stop being anxious. The straight face, that's what he told me. I've never been so angry in my life. I've never been so angry. It didn't help me. And some of you sit, you're like, well, it's true. I'm like, yeah, I, I know it's true, but it wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful. Christians, we need to be careful with our words. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's helpful. 
We got to be careful with how we counsel people. Have a soul. Have empathy. Try to put on their shoes and understand where they're at. And so I was, I was battling with this and I was embarrassed. Most of the time I would tell people what I was going through and it felt like nobody understood. So I just felt more and more alone. And whenever I would tell someone, they'd be like, wow, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll pray for you. Or I would talk to people who, who had COVID and they're like, no, it was fine for me. It was pretty quick and a couple of days in bed and I was fine. I was so like, why me? But I look back on that and I see how God used that in my life in so many ways. I'm being raw and real with you, church. I'm going to show you a picture out of my journal. This is January 7th, 2021. I wrote, um, you are my hiding place. This is Psalm 30. I didn't write this. I mean, I did, but you know. Psalm 32, 7 says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And on that day, I wrote, Lord, this verse means so much to me right now. The past 90 days have, some of it, have been some of the most challenging days of my life so far. I've dealt with more anxiety in the past few days than I ever have before. I've worried so much about dying. Why am I so afraid of death? Lord, please forgive me for all the fear and anxiety. Please know my intention has never been to doubt you. In fact, I feel like I've been really seeking you more through this time. I'm learning what it means to fight my battles on my knees with my hands lifted high because the battle belongs to you. Lord, my prayer today is that you surround me with songs of deliverance. Amen. We sang this song today. Um, we sang this song today in church, and there's a lot of lyrics in that song that I really relate with that really helped me out. Um, but I remember when we introduced this song, I, I couldn't get through it without crying. Some of you may have been here. I tried singing. I couldn't sing through it because it was so real for me. As I'll sing through the night because, God, my battle belongs to you. I felt like I was in the night. You know what I'm talking about? You ever felt like you've just been in the night? There's no light. It just feels dark. Every day just feels dark. That's how I felt. But I said, God, I'll sing through the night. And standing here on this platform and singing songs became a source of strength for me. Because when I was up here, I wasn't anxious. When I was standing here, I wasn't worried. Because my focus was so much on Jesus. It's like I longed to be here because it was a place where I felt myself. I felt safe. I felt free. And it became this place of like, God, I just want to give you all the glory. And I'd leave and I'd go home and I'd have all my, all my stresses and worries but during that season of my life, one of the things I'm grateful for is I learned how to cry out to God like never before. I learned the power of worship. I learned the power of God's word. You know, we say read your Bible every day. There's a reason for that. There's power in God's word. This became a source of strength for me, and I learned that worship became my battleground. It became the place where I felt strong whether it was in my car or at home or here or practicing or whatever it was, it became this place where I felt alive. I felt strong and, and I learned the power. So I want to encourage you to bring your worship to the battlefield and sing louder than your fears. Then you will see the limitless power of Jesus. Sing louder than your fears. You're worried, you're anxious, sing louder. Sing more, you're not done. 
You're, you're, you're having your quiet time with God and you finish, you're still anxious. Guess what? You're not done yet. Go worship again. Go read some more. Go pray some more. Get on your knees. Worship Jesus. It's your battleground. And I had to get to this place where I realized I can fight back. And this was a real turning point for me. I'm getting to the end of my story. I, I got to this point where I realized I can fight back. I don't have to let this control me anymore. I can, I can build, be filled with the strength of God and, and I can fight this back. For a while, I didn't know how. Everyone dealing with anxiousness has to realize that you have this power inside of you, this Holy Spirit living inside of you. Listen to this. You have a caged lion living in your bones who is ready to attack, but you have to unlock the cage and let the Son of God fight for you. It's in you. It's in me. It's in you. It's in all of us. Do you believe it? Access it. It's there. Set it free. It's this roaring lion that God has put in you to fight anything you may face, but you've got to unlock that cage and you've got to set him free. God is this powerful force that's living in you. Romans chapter eight, verse 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. You, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, lives and breathes and resides inside of you. That same power, praise God, it lives in you. I remember talking with Pastor Reuben, Pastor Jeremy one day. We were over at Pastor Reuben's house sitting in the backyard. And I, I showed Pastor Reuben and Pastor Jeremy my pulse oximeter and my inhaler. And I said, I carry these with me everywhere I go. And Reuben told me something that ignited such a fire in me. He said, Nick, he had just come out of the hospital. He was recovering Um, with his feeble voice. He said, Nick, you have to declare war on your anxiety. He said that, and I was like, you're right. You're right. And from that moment on, it wasn't all better. (laughs) It wasn't like it was gone. But I started to have to, I had to get up. I felt like I'd been knocked down and I had to get up and I had to start fighting. And it was slow, but this word right here is so encouraging to me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I had to learn that this fear that I had living inside of me was not coming from God. I had to learn that this voice that kept telling me, You're afraid. You're a coward. That voice that was in me was not of God because God had not given me that spirit. God gave me a spirit of power and it's like God kicked something in me and I was able to start standing up and clawing my way back. And that fear was not from God because 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, perfect love drives out fear. God's perfect love expels all fear and it's not from God. Any fear I had fighting me, anxiety was not from the Lord. And when I chose to declare war, I learned three things. I want to share these three things with you. The first thing is that God's word is your strongest weapon against anxiety. God's word is your strongest weapon. Memorize the words of God and use them. They hold unbelievable power. I I literally want you to do this starting today or tomorrow morning, whatever you need to start memorizing scripture. 
start memorizing it because there is power. When you declare that from memory, from deep inside your soul, you declare it over your circumstances, over your difficulty, over your struggles, and you speak God's word, you are speaking the very breath of God over your situation. You are speaking God's power over your life. God's word holds unbelievable power. And when you do that, you weaken the attacks of the enemy. He's got nothing on you. He's got nothing on the word of God. Speak God's word out loud. Don't just recite it quietly or write it down. You can do those things, but you need to speak it over the enemy. You need to speak it louder than the voices that you are hearing. You need to declare God's word. Because Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word is alive. It's active. It's your strongest weapon. And God's word can replace worry and anxiety in your heart. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Does it say be strong in your own strength? Does it say be strong in other strength? Does it say find some way to get courage and strength? No, it says be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and in his strength. Be strong in the Lord. Fighting anxiety without the word of God, you know what that's like? Fighting worry, fighting anxiety, it's like jumping out in the middle of the ocean and saying you're just going to swim and find land. It's, it's just, you're going to lose strength. You're not going to make it. God's word leads you. So Ephesians 6, verse 11 and 12 says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle is deeper. It's personal. The enemy knows you. He knows how to attack you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your worries. And he'll whisper them to you all the time. Recognize those attacks when they come. Continuing in verse 13, says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Put on the full armor of God. Use your sword. Use your sword. Use your prayers. Allow God to speak in and through you. I like to, when I read Ephesians chapter 6, I like to notice that we're given all these pieces of armor, which is great. But God also gives you two weapons in your belt, God's word and prayer. Those are your two strongest weapons. Use those things against the enemy. God has given you them. Arm yourself with the word of God. Point number two I want us to take away today is worship and anxiety cannot coexist at the same time. Isn't that good? Worship and anxiety cannot coexist at the same time. When you focus all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind on the almighty God, when all of your focus is on him, guess what your focus is no longer on? 
your anxiety. God comes in and says, I got you. I got this. Worship me. Yeah. Boyd Bailey says, worship works because worship or worry cannot coexist in the presence of our King, Jesus Christ. When you're in the presence of Jesus, just focus on him. Focus on him. Learn to cast your burdens on Jesus as often as you can. You know how you cast your burdens on Jesus? You worship him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is something people will often say like, okay, well, how do I do that really? Like, what does that look like? How do I just cast my anxiety on him? I can't just like put it in a box and ship it to heaven. All right, it doesn't work like that. So how do I cast my anxiety on him? The way you do it is worship. That's it. It's that simple. Worship and prayer. Put your focus on Jesus. Cast your anxiety on him. Allow him to take care of the rest. That's how you do it. Let your faith overcome your fear, and God will turn your anxiety into worship. Let your faith overcome your fear. Some of my best times of worship have been fueled by anxiety. Some of my best prayer times have been fueled by what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, what I was struggling with, what I was going through. When I walked through the valley, I used that as strength, as motivation, as courage to stand up and worship. It's, it's to stand up and fight. I'm telling you, you, you know this probably, your worship is different in different seasons. When you're really crying out to God for something, that becomes so powerful, becomes this source of energy within you that like, I need this. Worship's always sweet, it's always special. When you're crying out to God for something specific, allow God to use that to build up your strength. The third thing I want you to remember is your battle is fought best on your knees. That's the strongest position you're ever gonna be in, surrendered and crying out to God Asking God to give you strength. Exodus 14, 14. God's, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. This is comforting for me because there are times where I'm just like, God, I don't have the strength. I don't have it in me. I don't know if I can go to this thing today. I don't know if I can do this today. I don't know if I can face this person today. I don't know if I can deal with this today. And God says, just spend time on your knees. I'll fight for you. I'll take care of you. I'll lift the burden. Sometimes all we need to do is be still. We think we need to get up and do all kinds of things. And God says, just surrender it to me. Just be still. I want to close with these verses out of Isaiah chapter 43 so encouraging. It says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. Here it is. When you pass through the waters, what? What does he say? Oh, do you believe that? (laughs) And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Here he is. He says his name, for I am the Lord, your God. Yeah. He says, I am your God. 
I'm yours. In the beginning, he says, we are his. And then here he says, I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel. And here he says again, your Savior. Not their Savior. Not someone else's Savior. Not only a few people's Savior. He says, I am the Lord. I am your God and I'm your Savior. And I have redeemed you and I have called you by name. And you are mine. And when you walk through this stuff, I will be with you. That's the encouragement here today, church. I wish I could tell you, anxiety is never going to happen. Here's the cure. Because it will. And when it comes, you fight it. When it comes, you stand up. Don't lay down. Don't let it get the best of you. Stand up and fight. I want to close this in, uh, in prayer today. Jesus, we, we need you. We need a word from you, God. As we're here right now, many of us struggling, maybe even dealing with anxiety right now, not sure how to go about it or not sure what to do. God, would you speak? Would you show us the way? Thank you for the reminder that you've called us by name, that you've redeemed us, that we are your children, that when we walk through this stuff, that you will be there. You will take care of us. You've redeemed us. God, would you show us more about how to cast our anxiety on your feet? I pray for the person who's here, who's dealing with this very thing, who feels lost, who feels broken, who feels like there's no hope. They feel like they're just going to deal with anxiety forever. God, would you meet them right where they're at right now? Would you give them a word that says, hey, I'm with you. Hey, it's going to be okay. Hey, you're not going to deal with this forever. Hey, you need to trust me. Show us how to do that, Lord. I want to pray if you're here today and you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, it's the best decision you'll ever make. I encourage you to say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I surrender fully to you. Will you forgive me of my sin? Will you set me free from my shame, my guilt? And today I choose to follow you, Jesus. I choose to follow you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.